If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So here we are in the podcast that comes after Slightly Civil War Consoles versus PC. Here we are with the obligation to debate this old chestnut. The 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 debate that means less and less every year as consoles take on more and more PC-like qualities. Yeah, but they still have the uh, the classic console advantages of, as we said, the universal hardware, the stability, the accessibility, because it doesn't also have to run your accounting software. The oh, the price alone, from what I've seen so far, the the qu- image quality that is being pumped out of both the new Xbox Series X and the PlayStation Five is remarkable for the price point. Hmm. Absolutely. It'd be nice to have one, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, it, it sure would be, Nick. Yeah. you. Huh? Yeah. Still mm. waiting on my PS5. Want to play some of that Demon Souls. Mm. Nick, in two weeks you're going to hear this and be very embarrassed. <laughs> or I will be, because he'll, um, he'll have sent one to me by courier. Ooh. By courier wearing a tuxedo, who presents it to me in a lovely velvet box. Ooh, and tips you with a kiss on the cheek. Yes, I'll be uh, looking forward to that, Nick. Yes, that's exactly remember, what will happen. Remember, Christmas is coming up. Perfect time to show appreciation to your favorite employees. Hmm. 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 Uh, I. Well, in any case, I hear they're fantastic. Um, and and really, this to me, this argument is incredibly moot, as it's a. Uh, it doesn't really matter as long as you're having a good time thing (laughs) well it certainly seems to matter to some people on the internet that's true some some people who unironically adopt titles like glorious pc gaming master race it was it was a joke everybody it was it was making fun of people it's only a joke as long as everyone (laughs) treats it as one i'm so sorry maybe not maybe hitler was just kidding until he realized people were really going for it Oh God! You all are. are do you think this is true? Ugh, I can't back out now. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. I think in a perfect world, we would have uh, no consoles. That's what I truly think. I think we Oof. we we are beyond the days of consoles. You're a relative newcomer to PC gaming. Am I right in saying? Um, yeah, relative. Ten, ten years, yeah. Right. I don't know if that's I remember, relative. I remember you built your own gaming PC. I did, uh, and I loved well, it. There was a, that was a big topic at, in, on your old previously recorded series at one point. Absolutely. We, we not only built, like, I got to build my own gaming C- PC that I used also for video editing, but we also built another one just for streaming, which was very fun. Uh, Rich built a PC on previously recorded, and it's it's incredibly satisfying to do that, to build your own PC, to learn how all of the different parts work, how they communicate with each other, and it's helped me a ton on the 
tech support level, which I, I mean, I do a lot of tech support for family as most people our mm-hmm. age do. And so just understanding like how the pieces talk to each other. Oh, well, this is what the BIOS is for. This is where the, you know, the command prompts from the USB controller are coming from. It's, it's really fun. So this is the experience I haven't had. Oh. I mean, as you could probably guess from the fact that I came up with the phrase, please gaming master race intended mm-hmm. as a dig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I guess I've leaned more towards consoles and uh, pre-built gaming PCs and I've never really dabbled in the construction or the hardware part. I've had to every now and again sort of uh duck into it in small ways now and then. Okay. Like my old uh my old um What's the what's it's not the solid state drive. What's the old kind of hard drive? Just the 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 spinning one, the, the yeah, the, the spinning one, the, sp- <laughs> the ones that can still be really huge. It's just called the hard drives. drives. Yeah, yeah, the hard drives that can still be really huge, while mm-hmm. the solid state drives tend to still be kind of small. Yes, the one in my Alienware stopped working at one point, mm-hmm. and I had to use my detective instincts to figure out precisely which element in the case was causing problems. Ooh, that's fun. And I could I could tell it was something to do with the hard drive because of the weird noises I was hearing whenever it was trying to access the hard drive. Ooh, okay. So I went and got a new hard drive from a shop. And Alienware PCs are designed to be, like, popped open mm-hmm. and uh, fiddled around with. Yeah. So uh, by following a couple of little tutorials I found, I was able to replace my non-solid-state hard drive and felt jolly proud of myself. <laughs> as proud as I felt the other day when I unblocked my bathroom sink. Ooh. I had to, like, take all the pipe work out from un- from the cupboard underneath. And, like, uh, I had to deduce how the... You know those little, like, things where you push the thing down and the and the thing comes up in the sink? Your, so your drain stopper? Yeah. Yeah, I've had to figure out the mechanism of the drain stopper so I could reassemble it. <laughs> hey, there, Cookie, how are you? There she is. She was very, I, I hope it doesn't pick up on the mic, she was very noisily licking herself. And, <laughs> so. No, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, good. There, Yeah, there's something really satisfying with that. A, a story, I'm, I'm not sure if I've told it on this podcast before, but... There was a moment after I had built a PC and like the one I'm currently using is like a Frankenstein of my old PC and this other PC. Uh, But now that I'm more comfortable with it, I was at a big family gathering and my very curmudgeonly old uncle uh, was having some computer problems. He was having uh, some Internet problems. And as far as he could figure out, it wasn't it didn't have anything to do with the router. And he's like, hey, you, you know, computers, right? You can figure this out. And like he's an old smart man. He used to be an engineer. Uh, he retired. And so he's an old smart man, but he just can't figure out this computers, uh, this computers thing. And so I actually like had to open up his very old computer case and figure out what the problem was. And as I'm explaining it to him, I I unplugged his little network driver. We turned on the computer uh, and deleted the device from the device manager, plugged back, uh, uh, unplugged his computer, plugged it back in, turned it back on so the computer could find the network driver again and basically reinstall it. And it worked and it was magic and I did it. And I'm not that, you know, young kid who doesn't know anything anymore. I helped you. And it was really I guess, satisfying. I guess it's it's a grown up way to enjoy our PCs. 
Hmm. The satisfaction of building with your own two hands. Not that, not that ghost hologram of satisfaction one gets just from beating video games. <laughs> the additional satisfaction, the the meta satisfaction. It well, of the it, PC it's gaming true. experience. It's it's really true. That's our that's our woodshed. Like I'm not going to build a shed. All right. Like I'm going to build a PC though and be very happy about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just and, I guess I'm more artistic than technically minded. Uh, I just want to play the games and enjoy the emotions therein. Oh, and I'm I am a tech person. I I've, I found my home in high school in the AV club. Not only you know editing video, but also learning how cameras work and how all the equipment works. I'm a bit of a gearhead when it comes to technology. There is something very primal about that sort of thing. It's you, you know think I think of. I've never heard primal in technology, but go on. <laughs> Did you see those Steel Battalion games? Oh yeah, with like the super yeah, controller. Yeah. yeah, they're like they're like giant mech combat games, and they come with these huge, elaborate controllers that are like nuclear reactor control banks. Yes, you got little levers and switches, little cover you can lift up to get the eject button, and like pedals. Hmm. And that sort of thing's always that notion's always been sort of attractive to me. I think it it speaks to some like deep ingrained instinct, the same one that makes you want to play with forklifts when you're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you want to go to the science museum and press the buttons to make Ooh. all the things spin around. Exactly. Exactly. Pressing buttons with your hands. You know, just just a, a a game like that would work amazing with like augmented reality goggles. Hmm. Where you could see the a, controller, but then also, like, the game. Yeah, there was, like, a Microsoft Kinect version hmm. of a Steel, a Steel Battalion game that came out for Kinect, where you had to press, like, invisible controls, and it was awful. No, yeah. No, I want to press a real button, you know, yeah, flip you a real feedback. switch. You need feedback. Absolutely. Man cannot live on touchscreen alone. How you want to press a button true. and feel it go in. <laughs> How true is that but i like i suppose like to the experience and, and like i understand that still like building your own pc and like upgrading it is still overwhelming for a lot of people and but but like that's also to me like a, an incredible benefit of the pc experience is you can get a pc for 500 bucks yeah and or you know 600 or whatever a console costs now and have it be an okay pc like it'll run most games it won't look great but it'll be okay uh, but then slowly you can oh i'll exchange the graphics card oh okay now i can get the high-end cpu now i can do this now i can do this and slowly build up your machine that becomes the powerhouse that you wanted it to be Ah, then you've got a sort of a ship of Theseus thing going on, haven't you? Because mm. uh, it's lacking an identity. It lacks the solid <laughs> identity that consoles have. You look at a GameCube, that's a GameCube. A gaming PC is an amorphous entity. That's true, that's true. I, I suppose the identity is within the software, right? We don't right. we don't think of our of our PC as having a gaming identity. I think of Steam having an identity. Mm. Well, not much of one these days. No, its identity right. is—it's like a ghost ship that's still sailing with no hand on the rudder, occasionally smashing into every piece of garbage that floats along. 
every single piece of garbage. It's frankly upsetting. Uh. <laughs> and that is, as I said, an advantage of consoles. Curated mm. games coming in. I mean, I know there's a lot of wank on the PS4 store as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not just, you know, the ghost hand on the, the ghost ship with no hand on the tiller. That's just a ship of fools with a fool's hand on the tiller. Someone had to okay it, mm-hmm. and we can blame that person. <laughs> Life's yes. so much better when there's someone to blame. But then the counter argument to that is you don't have, oh, pardon me, you don't have access to all the weird indie stuff. That's true. That's something I like about um, indie gaming: the mm-hmm. weird stuff that people just throw out there on your itch.io. Or the like. Mm-hmm. They can just build a reputation from word of mouth or people streaming this weird game they found. Yep, build, build a game, sell it for two bucks on itch, and, you know, have it be a ten-minute game and everybody loves it, and you can't get that experience on a PlayStation or an Xbox. Unless, unless you're playing, like, Dreams or something. Ooh, right. That's what they want to. Like, that's the kind of thing they want to engender in... <laughs> That sort of thing, and it never bloody works. Because who the fuck wants to try to build a game with a PlayStation controller when a mouse and keyboard exists? Yes, though I would like to see something like that. I I would like to see a a public access channel on something like Game Game Pass. Hmm. You know, where it's like, you know, a curated section every month. Here's five weirdo indie titles on Game Pass go nuts that's still curation though yes it's not like the completely random download experience you could do like a public access thing where absolutely anyone could like pay 50 bucks and put their game available on it sure but then that's people who are just sort of doing the equivalent of channel hopping when they're bored one afternoon just log in say what's running through the old weirdo public access stream today oh it's um Derek Mongbotty and the Viking sausage. (laughs) Someone came up with that weird idea and wanted to show it to the world. I am going to experience this. You could do like a, that's a kind of good idea, actually. Sort of like a constant stream thing where there's this one thing being streamed. That's something like Stadia could be good for. You know, it's streaming the, this one weird game, and then while you're playing it, there's like a there's like a live chat to the side of it, where everyone else who's streaming it at the same time talks about their experience <laughs> playing this weird ass game. It would only work something like that would only work if if it was kind of like public access, and you and there would there'd be a limited time that you could download and play the game, and then tomorrow yeah. there's a whole new game, and you can't play yesterday's, and you can't play tomorrow's only only today's game. Yeah. I think that could be a fun way to like bring exposure to the really, the the weird ideas yes. of the world. And if people are really interested in that when they play it in that one day that it's available, and everyone's talking about it, then they could go and seek it out. You could post a little website link. Yes, I like it. And you know, like vote. You know, like if if it gets enough votes, we'll add it to the store. And if not, yeah. it goes away forever. Ooh. Yeah, sort of like uh, Steam Greenlight, but. A but more functional experience. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, there we go. We just fixed it. We just fixed it. Someone do that. 
Google Stadia, do that. That's what your whole streaming games system is built for now. Honestly, that would be fantastic. It's a solid use of the technology. It really would be. It really would be. Uh, But, you know, consoles, I like consoles as well. I I think there are so many benefits to a console. Price, compatibility. um, Stability. Yeah. yeah. And the couch experience. Mm. PC gaming has still not quite figured out the couch experience. Yeah, consoles... As you said, have like developed a lot of fuckery over the years. Mm. Back in the day, it was easy just shove the con- shove the cartridge in, turn it on, and away you go. There's mm. a bit more fuckery these days, but still significantly less than there is in playing a game on PC. Mm-hmm. You get your friends around your couch, sit on your PC. It's like, wait a minute, it's just booting up. Oh, hang on, just have to close this program. Oh, hang on, stay stick around, friends. Mm. Keep drinking your beers and eating the pizza. I will bring up this cool game in a second. Oh, hold on! I got. Uh, I can only have one wireless controller, so now I got to find some really long USB cables so everyone can have a. Okay, well, and you can't have a controller. You'll have to use the mouse and keyboard. This game wasn't really meant for that, but it, it'll still work. Yeah, Fuckery. there's been a there's sort of a push for more couch co-op games on PC, but PC has never been the world of couch co-op. That's true. That's true. Though I do like I love Steam's online couch co-op mode. You can play uh, Spiritfarer Couch Co-op. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's sort weird. Of, I've always think that's a weird game to play multiplayer. I always thought <laughs> that was quite a very sort of personal experience. Absolutely. That would be a very weird game. But my wife's been playing it, playing through it with her brother using the uh, online Couch Co-op mode. That's fantastic. And uh, they seem to have been enjoying it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I love the idea, especially like, I don't know if all couch co-op experiences work this way, but Steam's where only one person needs to buy the game. Mm. And then the other person could just play it with you, just like it would be if it was a regular couch co-op experience, though online. And uh, yeah, I think that's something like that is fantastic. And that's, that is PC gaming finally learning some lessons from the consoles is sometimes we want to play together. Not often, sometimes, but sometimes. Yeah. The PC is very much set up for the solo experience. That's true. Partly because a, a one's PC has become a very personal thing. Your personal mm. array of icons on your desktop. Your yes. personal porn stash folder that you don't want anyone else to see. It's like eight but, folders deep and each yeah. of them is labeled taxes and then receipts. And then Letting other people hunt, have, it have to hunt around your desktop is like someone having to hunt around in your underpants drawer these days. It, like or It's like going, going to a, a friend's house for the first time and not knowing where the bathroom is. And they say, oh, it's mm. over there. And you're like, but I need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess that's, that's the yeah, nature the of a personal computer. Exactly. PC. Mm. And the console is the uh, the shared experience. That's why everyone can create their own ID. Mm. Has been a thing since the Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do. I what I what I'm wondering. Oh, hold on. I had I had something about console and the the personal versus shared experience. I do wonder how much that comes into play when they are talking about you know, like their operating system, right? 
most people nowadays, you know, if, if they have an Xbox in their house, it's probably also where they stream their media for, you know, for the longest time. My, my uh, Xbox was just my Netflix machine. And well, so well, my, I have a smart TV, so mm-hmm. my TV is my Netflix machine. <laughs> well, I, I guess what, I, what I'm the, the question I'm wondering is for someone who's a non-gamer, someone who doesn't use the Xbox, but it is still the house's Netflix, Hulu streaming machine, how how much does that play into their UI choices? Oh, oh, you know, someone's mother-in-law needs to figure out how to watch Netflix on this thing. Because I know the PlayStation 5 uh, come, and all, uh, well, and the Xbox and the PlayStation 4 all came with like a controller version, like a clicker, you know. Like yeah, a TV remote. controller, remote, yes. I still call it a clicker. They haven't clicked for quite some time. I can't really, I don't really have an insight on that mm. ex- That level of the experience. It's always been about the games for me. Yeah. It seems a bit weird to buy a games console to watch TV shows on. <laughs> well, to me, Sur- it's just... Surely TV shows have their own devices they can leave us alone. It, it it's it extends the the life you know for uh, until very very recently uh my playstation 4 was just my blu-ray player uh until uh spider-man miles morales came out that's sort of part of the habit of consoles to sort of distance themselves from the whole um culture of gaming because mm. they've been doing that for a long time ever since um, I'd say when the PS1 came out and it started marketing itself more as the cool thing for the cool bros at school to use rather than just the, you know, the kiddie toy for the nerds. <laughs> well, I, I would say the, the defining moment was the PlayStation 2 uh, because, uh, and, and I know this because I was you know working retail at a video game store when the PlayStation 2 was around, and one of the big selling points was Oh, this plays games, but it's also a DVD player. And at the time, not many people had a DVD player. Because there's long been the stigma of just being a games machine. Mm. I think on PC, I get a sense that that stigma is less um, embraced, I suppose. You see consoles being announced, it's always about the extra things it can do. Hmm. Hmm. But well, Steam yeah. on PC is just games. Uh, no, That's there's, all that matters. You can also rent videos on Steam. Oh, who the fuck rents videos <laughs> on Steam? <laughs> you can also download soundtracks on Steam. Who the fuck equally does that? <laughs> Unless it's like a game soundtrack that you got as part of a bonus when right. you bought a game on Steam. Yeah, no, no one does that. PC has always been less image conscious, shall we say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because... Everyone knows PC gamers are the big nerds. Well, but because PCs don't need to worry about an image because they have a built-in market because everyone needs a PC. Where else are you going to go, bitch? Yeah. You're going to come live under the bridge with us nerds if you want to hang with the PC crew. Oh, I'm sorry. You have work to do. You need me anyway. You might as well spend a couple hundred extra bucks and then in your downtime, you can play games on me. Yes. Yeah, so there. Minecraft. We've got Minecraft. (laughs) Join us. 
And well, and I think that even that even migrates to kind of the next generation of personal computing devices, your tablets, your iPads, that sort of thing, which are also this mix of gaming device and productivity tool. Mm. I think I think so many people, I mean, I know many personally who only use their iPad for everything, like e- you know, email, uh web browsing, social media, all through iPad. And that's how they get their work done. But it's also a decent gaming machine if you're into the games that it has. Yeah, not as good. Though. Well, it's not so practical to plug a controller in one of them. Asterisk, 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 asterisk. Uh, if you if you are looking uh, for a nice way to play uh, FTL or Slay the Spire, the iPad experience is pretty darn good. Mobile stroke iPad is almost like a third part. A third party in the PC versus consoles. I, yes, except for I think it can be lumped in with PC gaming. I guess, but it has its own, it has its own sort of specific demographic. It has its own particular kind of game. Mm. Like you look at something like Slay the Spire or whatever, that's a mobile game. Yeah. That's not a. It's not what you think of when you think of PC gaming or console <laughs> gaming. That's true. Mobile gaming has its own identity. They're yes. all horrible games trying to steal all your money. Very, very true. But a little a little asterisk on that is stuff like your Google Stadia, which doesn't work on iPads but does work on uh, Android it's not, tablets. It's not my Google Stadia. It's everybody's Google Stadia. Oh, like the Google Stadia. Or, you know, iPads uh, very recently are going through huge software updates where they are allowing a lot of third-party Bluetooth controllers. You can use a PlayStation controller with your iPad, easy peasy. They are getting rid of those barriers for more gameplay options. Maybe the more gameplay options would just be a happy side effect, but I think what they're really doing it for is to make money. Oh yeah, they well they they want more gameplay options so they can sell more games on their store. A hundred percent. But therefore, PC gaming it is, I believe anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. Suddenly, things seem to have reached a natural close. It's, I, it feels like it has, though. It's. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to think how. I, I'm. I'm the button. I'm trying to think of how this relates to the current generation. That you know, which is the next generation: your Xbox Series X and your PlayStation Five. Well, PlayStation's sort of out on its own limb at the moment because the Xbox Series X is very deliberately working alongside PC gaming. Mm-hmm. If you've got a gaming PC, you can run Xbox games through the Microsoft Store. You don't even need an Xbox. That's right. That's right. If you have Game Pass, you can start playing a game on your PC, save it, and then go pick it up on your Xbox. There was a time when Microsoft was deliberately trying to kill PC gaming. Mm-hmm. They are trying to doing their horrible Games for Windows thing that was absolute dog shite because they wanted everyone to use the Xbox 360. That store was awful. And that was why Steam came about, because there was a hole in the market. You can't just say, we're going to kill PC gaming so that people buy our console. Mm -hmm. That's too massive and abstract a goal. Mm -hmm. 
You can't just you can't just make something illegal and then remove all want for it, for example. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, as long as there's demand, the supply will be found somewhere. Mm. Steam filled the hole. Yes. But Sony is still sort of playing this doing this sort of one horse race as the only to this console in the traditional sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's and, true. Uh, if there's exclusives on the Xbox Series X, you can just play it on your PC. But if there's exclusives on the PS5, you're boned, matey. That's right. And Nintendo's <laughs> off in its own little happy corner. Yeah, the know. console war is a thing of the past. It's just everyone in their happy little corners. The the borders have been drawn. Everyone has chosen a side. The, the, ooh, I, this, that's the button here, is the console wars are over. Seems like it. It does. Now it does just, seem like it. It's just peaceful kingdoms living with strong borders. It's not like that. It's not like that old free-for-all back in Viking times. Ooh, that's right. That's right. Now, no, and I, now, there's a, now there's a nice, firm kingdom of Mercia under a noble Saxon and a nice, separate kingdom of Norway under Harald Fairhair. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla recently. Is it obvious? <laughs> And they're all keeping to their own sides of the North Sea. They that they that they are. Yeah, I feel like from a from a gaming standpoint, I'm I'm most excited about the PlayStation Five because just because well, I want to play the game. I'm excited in the sense that I need fucking need one for my job. I'm yes. excited to continue having a job. <laughs> but from a hardware perspective, I am digging what xbox is doing specifically with their series s the little the little white one the the smaller the smaller not as beefy one because i feel like that is what most people need as far as like like i need something cheap it'll play games it'll run all my video streaming services and it's small enough where i can tuck it away i think that's a beauty I mean, um, I always faintly disapprove when a console is just a, a beefed-up version that suddenly obliges all the games to be cut, be, be uh, cutting-edge graphics. Because mm-hmm. the games that don't care are the indie games that can run on anything anyway, and the games that do care just get worse and worse because of the because <laughs> of the push for the the best graphics requiring the most work. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that's a pain in the ass. But I, you know, I guess someone has to be at the cutting edge of graphics. You know, we can have both. We can have we can have I the indie weirdness. I'm convinced stuff. that it always helps a game. But if you're playing something like I don't know, Ghost of Tsushima or something, or Dark Souls or something about exploration and impress really impressive vistas and mm-hmm. and uh, going anywhere in the world and having a fully immersive realistic experience then something needs to be sitting at that end of the heap yeah i suppose i i mean listen i like it i it's nice when games look nice right like that's not the argument here i I, like i'm just as you said that i was trying to come up with a game that absolutely would not work unless its graphics were super beefy and wonderful uh, the original Crisis. 
but it's still a shooter. Like, you know, it doesn't need well, to be Well, its whole selling whatever. point was that it looked really good. Sure, but, like, would the game work? Like, I'm, I'm talking, like, what game requires super beefy, gorgeous graphics in order for the gameplay to work? Well, that's difficult, because... Sometimes a game's intended experience is to be graphically impressive. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's virtually no, strictly speaking, there's no gameplay style that absolutely depends on it. But some games are trying to take the deliberate position of being incredibly impressive and realistic. If you see what sure. I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah, but that's that's just that's just a selling point. I, I suppose like there there could be an argument, like you said, with Ghost of Tsushima. Where it's like part of the part of the world that was so fun to walk around in and explore was because of how beautiful it was. Okay, how about this? Mm. L.A. Noir. Okay. L.A. Noir, a game that depends upon emotionally reading the expressions of characters as they lie to you. That's a fantastic example. Just a shame that it was only the facial animation that looked really good. And everything else looked like absolute toss. <laughs> no, but but there you go. Without good graphics, the gameplay would suffer. Yes, um, there you am- go. Amazing, amazing uh, reference. Amazing pull yeah. there. I suppose if it had like really simple 2D graphics, the expressions would be a lot easier to read. And that would remove a lot of the gameplay, a lot of the subtlety. Yes. From trying to watch people's like subtle eye movements and twitching of the corner of the mouth. Oh, yeah. If, if it was like an NES game, you know, th- their eyebrows would go up and they would look bug-eyed around the room because that's all yeah. they could do. <laughs> Actually, I would love to see that now. I would love to see a D-make of L.A. Noire. <laughs> yeah, just like... I'm just picturing a huge pixely image of someone's face. Mm-hmm. And just like, they try to be subtle with it, but you can always see the little pixels at the corner of the mouth. That would be great. No, I think that's a great example. And it's like, I, I think at the at the end of the day, we're at a point now, console-wise and PC-wise, where prices and graphics are starting to equal out. Yeah, I hope so. Ooh, what about a sniping sim? A sniping sim where you have to look for your target in the distance and follow their routine. Or a game like Hitman, where it depends on, like, a huge array of possible routes you can take. And there's millions of characters all following their own ag- agendas. Mm, that well, requires a lot of tech to function. That does, but you could also... Or I, I assume... I, I actually have never played a sniper sim before. Um, uh, but I would assume in both cases, you could have a kind of low-res art style and still get essentially the same gameplay experience i guess but less but like the uh reading facial animations example mm-hmm. it would be a lot easier <laughs> if everything was simply drawn and stylized that's fair and in a sniping sim a character can be camouflaged mm. it could be wearing like a green camo and hiding in a bush okay and if that okay. was done in like simple 2d graphics they would you would spot them instantly. Sure, it would be an in and in or out of cover situation. All right. Uh, also, there's like red herrings, uh, all the all the other things in the environment that are moving at the same time, so you can't just watch for the movement of the one thing you're trying to kill. 
I will relent on this point as I have never played a sniper sim. Is all I that's all I can contribute. <laughs> um what was that um Ghost Warrior Contract? It's a pretty good sniping game. Okay. It's not it's not perfect, but it's an improvement on the previous Ghost Warrior game, as I recall. I'm just shaking my head because I, I Something cannot... for the comments there. What's the best sniping game? What's the best sniper? Sniper, sniper Elite. Is that Sniper Elite series that Rebellion have been banking on for years? <laughs> uh huh. They had like a, a zombie army version come out recently, which completely missed the point because the previous games were like sniping simulators. Sure. Well, Crawling around, snipe, finding you your position. Yeah, you don't snipe a horde of zombies that's coming towards you. But yeah, the act, the the mainline Sniper Elite series, it's about finding the right position, stealth, mm. using traps to like secure your position in case the enemy come and looking for you while you're looking through the scope. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I can be sold that gotta, graphics are required for sniping. You gotta sims. pick your moment, you gotta uh take into account bullet drop off. Ooh, that's fun. It's that's a fun. complex, nuanced game devoted to the art of sniping and if you it's that game that does the 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 slow motion replays of your kills yes where you yes. can see the bullet go inside the enemy's testicle because it's designed by weirdos the, they know their audience like <laughs> like it's it's about patience and it's about precision but we also and want to see the horrific murder yes we also want to see you blowing <laughs> off a nazi's bollocks <laughs> don't we all don't we all want to see that? Well, we don't know who that Nazi is. He might have been a victim of peer pressure. It's still a Nazi. He might have joined the Nazi party uh, because it was really the only way to make a living in 1930s mm. Germany. Yeah, I, there was a name for those. There was a special name in Germany for people who, like, you know, didn't, like, kill off anybody, but still kind of, like, um, mildly supported the Nazi regime. There was a special yes, name for going, them. Yes, you're going to say the special word name for them was Nazi, aren't you? Because I've seen that meme as well. I'm making right, goofy faces right, at the camera for anyone right, listening fair to enough. this. <laughs> right, fair enough. But I still say walk a mile in a man's shoes before you shoot his bollocks off. <laughs> <laughs> or at least watch him walk a mile in his shoes while you wait to bowl, blow yeah. his bollocks off just to pick the right moment <laughs> all right well that was that was a conversation that, was, that sure was a podcast i don't know if that conversation had anything to do with consoles versus pc but that's what did sl- on a conversation about the Moral complexity of blowing off a Nazi's bollocks, and that's all you can ask for, really. Uh, listen, we get we get to point B. We don't know what it's going to be, but we get there. Uh, in case you just listened to this first, this conversation was inspired by our Slightly Civil War on consoles versus PC, and you can watch that right now over on EscapistMagazine.com. Yes, we finally got around to doing that one. I really thought like this was number one. 
but, uh, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, also, while you are over at escapistmagazine.com, you can become an Escapist Plus member and you get special bonuses like watching our content ad-free on the website and being able to ask us the creators questions and we make a little video answering all those questions in laborious detail. I just did one and I talk way too much. So if you want that, if that's your thing, you can make that happen. Uh, or you can head over to YouTube and become a YouTube member. And if you are a YouTube member, you get special emotes when we live stream and you get our content one week early on YouTube if you hate the on-site player, which many people do. All right. That's yeah. all the shilling now. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Yahtzee Croshaw. And I'm at Harlack. And we'll... And you, can follow, you can follow at Escapers Magazine on Twitter as well. Crap, I missed one shill. That was it. Um, <laughs> that was it. That was the shill. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.